Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. You're going to want to listen to this evening's show because we're going to have a breakdown, several actually, we'll do some squabbling, and we'll take a musical trip to New York. Gonna, G-O-N-N-A, is used in written English to represent the phrase or informal contraction of going to when it is spoken quickly. And you're gonna want to listen to this segment because we're gonna play some Gunna songs, beginning with the Georgians.
stop Mr. Henry Lee And when I stop Well, you just won't let me be When they play the low-down bass Get the fever in my face I just shake like a leaf on a tree I like to stomp, 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 stomp When they play the swing That's what I need more than anything When that jazz band they begin Acts on me like a quarter ten I'm gonna stomp, 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 stomp Mr. Henry Lee With the title, You're Gonna Look Like a Monkey When You Get Old, How Could I Not Play That Song, recorded at the St. Charles Hotel in New Orleans on Thursday, October 15, 1936, by a Bluebird Field Recording Unit. 
It was credited to Robert Hill, who sang the vocal and played harmonica. Eugene Powell, also known as Sonny Boy Nelson, played guitar, as did Willie Harris. The trio recorded ten songs in that session, all of which were released, but for whatever reason they were never asked to record again. Before that, with Leonard Ham Davis on trumpet, it was Eddie Condon's Hot Shots, one of the first integrated groups, with I'm Gonna Stomp Mr. Henry Lee. The vocal on that February 8, 1929 recording was by trombonist Jack Teagarden. We started the show with the Georgians, and you may be fast, but your mama's gonna slow you down. Recorded by Columbia on November 8, 1923, about a week after the Arcadia Peacock Orchestra of St. Louis recorded it for Victor. You May Be Fast was composed by Bud Cooper. This was an instrumental, but there are lyrics which were written by Gilbert Wells and sung by Billy Murray and Eileen Stanley in their December 13, 1923 recording for Victor. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last segment, it was Gunna, and this segment, it's Wanna, W-A-N-N-A, used in written English to represent the phrase or informal contraction of want to when it is spoken quickly. And you're going to want to listen to this segment because we're going to play some Wanna songs, beginning with George Scott Wood and his orchestra.
Lou Gold and his orchestra with a Bob Herring arrangement of Roy Turk and Lou Handman's tune, You've Got Those Wanna Go Back Again Blues. That recording was made in May of 1926 and issued on the relatively scarce Lincoln label, owned by Cameo, and produced from 1923 to 1930. Actually, the earliest recording date appears to be in September of 1922. Before Lou Gold, it was the Green Brothers Novelty Band, September 21, 1928, and I Wanna Be Loved by You. Herbert Stothard and Harry Ruby composed the tune, and there are words which are written by Bert Kalmar and sung on record by Helen Kane and Von DeLeith and a surprising number of men, including Irving Kaufman, Scrappy Lambert, and Sam Coslow. We started off that Wanna set with George Scott Wood and his orchestra with Sam Brown taking the vocal honors on I Wanna Meander with Miranda, music by Harry Revel and lyrics by Mac Gordon. It was sung in the 1933 film Sitting Pretty, which also featured Did You Ever See a Dream Walking, sung by Ginger Rogers. That recording was made January 3, 1934, and is on the Regal Zonophone label, where George Scott Wood was musical director at the time. For this next segment of the show, we're going to have a few breakdowns. Fortunately, not mental breakdowns, but musical breakdowns. There are lots of different definitions and explanations of what a breakdown is, but one is that there were traditionally four kinds of tunes played at barn dances. Reels, hornpipes, waltzes, and breakdowns. The breakdowns were played too fast to dance to and used to break down the dance floor and mark the end of a set or the end of the night. Here's Luke Hynight and his Ozark strutters to start off a set of breakdowns.
There's one being played on the show for the first time, I believe, the Dixieland Jug Blowers with Carpet Alley Breakdown, recorded by Victor on December 11, 1926, at the Webster Hotel in Chicago. You heard Henry Clifford and Earl MacDonald on Jugs and Johnny Dodds on clarinet. Carpet Alley Breakdown was written by Henry Clifford and Cal Smith, banjo player in the band. That was preceded by the South Street Trio and Suitcase Breakdown. The South Street Trio consisted of Bobby Lee Can, who played banjo and guitar, Robert Cooksey on harmonica and kazoo, and guitarist Alfred Martin. They mixed country blues with jazz and vaudeville and first recorded together in 1926, making eight sides for Victor. Bobby Lee Can also recorded for Victor as Bobby Lee Can's Need More Band. We started off with Fort Smith Breakdown, credited on the label of that November 22, 1928 Vocalion 78, recorded in Memphis, Tennessee, to Luke Highnight and his Ozark Strutters. Only problem is, there was no Luke Highnight. His real name was Hignight. Luther Burton Hignight, H-I-G-N-I-G-H-T, was born in Hollywood, Arkansas on September 27, 1898, into a musical family, and by the time he was a teenager, he had mastered the piano, reed organ, mandolin, harmonica, and banjo. In the mid-1920s, he was heard over KTHS in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and his recording career started out as a member of Minton's Ozark String Band with a session for OK in Memphis, Tennessee, on February 25, 1928, but none of the four sides was issued. In addition to Fort Smith breakdown, four other sides from that session were released. Despite performing regularly in person and on the radio in the Hot Springs area, Luke Hignight made his living as a hunting guide and various other jobs, and he died on July 4, 1940. Now just try and name another vintage music radio program where you're going to get that kind of information other than right here on Rapidly Rotating Records. I'm Glenn Robison, and we're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on iTunes as a podcast, and part of the Global Community Radio Network. The most common definition of a squabble is a quarrel or a little argument over something unimportant. And for this segment of the show, we're going to do some musical squabbling. Here are the Missourians. Ha <laughs> 
On May 24, 1932, Claude Hopkins and his orchestra went into the Columbia Studios in New York and recorded four tunes, all of which were issued. The following day, May 25th, the band was back in the studio and recorded four more tunes, none of which was issued. And the last of those was Washington Squabble, a Claude Hopkins original which we just heard. It and the other three were eventually released on a Jazz Archives LP with seven other previously unissued sides, recorded March 9, 1933, including another shot at Washington Squabble. Before Claude Hopkins, it was Benny Moten's Kansas City Orchestra with Kansas City Squabble, written by Benny Moten and Ed Lewis, who played cornet in the band. That was recorded July 16, 1929, not in Kansas City, but in Chicago. That was preceded by Fred Hall's Jazz Band, identified on the label of that Jewel 78 as the Dixie Jazz Band, and Missouri Squabble. Playing trumpet on that October 11, 1928 recording, Mike Mosiello. Missouri Squabble was written by Ernie Holst and Lenny Hayton, who was a pianist with Paul Whiteman, and both of them led and recorded with their own bands. We started off that squabbling set with the Missourians and 200 Squabbles, written by Morris White, who played banjo in the group. That Victor 78 was made February 17, 1930. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. This coming Thursday, my wife and I are leaving on the trip of a lifetime to experience our friend Richard Dowling perform at Carnegie Hall, see Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks, the Joffrey Ballet, and at least two Broadway shows, not to mention the usual tourist stuff like the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building. This will be the first visit to New York for both of us, and it will probably not sink in that we're actually going until we see the skyline as we're flying into LaGuardia. So to help us get prepared, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about New York, beginning with Mal Hallett and his orchestra.
city has a throbbing undertone, singing away, ringing away out of the mob. Well, New York City has a rhythm all its own, banging away, banging away all on the job. No flowers or greenery, no birds in their spring song, just motors and machinery, humming a bang bing song. Don't you feel like dancing to that endless moan? What you may, you got to sway and answer to the Get the feet of people's feet walking up and down the street and do the New York. Get the sound, the fresh and pound of the subway underground and do the New York. Ba -dum, ba -dum, bum. You'll find there's something old and something new in it, something hot and something blue in it. Seven million people doing it. Everybody's learning how to do that brand new apple dance, they say. An apple a day will keep the doctor away, hey, hey. It's easy to dance your cares away. Everybody's learning how to do the big apple, the big apple. Come on, learn to do that apple dance. If we're going to the Big Apple, I guess we better learn the Big Apple. Dick McDonough and his orchestra with a vocal by Howard Phillips on an ARC 78 made September 2nd, 1937. And just in case you didn't know, the Big Apple as a nickname for New York City was first popularized in the 1920s by John J. Fitzgerald, a sports writer who covered horse racing for the New York Morning Telegraph. In the 30s, jazz musicians used the term to designate that New York City was big-time music clubs. 
1971, the nickname was officially adopted and used in ad campaigns by the New York Convention and Visitors Bureau. Before that, it was Ben Selvin and his orchestra and their Columbia release of Do the New York from July 14, 1931. They had recorded it a week earlier with Dick Robertson, which was issued on Harmony, but this version is so much more fun. The label says incidental singing by male quartet and female trio. Well, the male quartet is the Rondeliers, and the female trio? That's right, the Pickens Sisters. Do the New York was written by John P. Murray, Barry Trivers, and Ben Oakland, and is from the 1931 edition of the Ziegfeld Follies, where it was introduced by Harry Richman. I guess we'd better learn to do the New York as well as the Big Apple. We started off that New York set with another Ziegfeld Follies tune from October 30, 1927, Mal Hallett and his orchestra with Frankie Marvin vocalizing on My New York, written by Irving Berlin. I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.